As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're tuned in to Grand Theft Audio, the Jake Branton Carl Show, presented by Pacific Resources. All right, it is Thursday night. This is Grand Theft Audio. My name is Jake Belcher. And I'm Brant Thoman. And um, we've had uh, traveling difficulties with our other partner, Carl Kozlowski, but we are under the impression that he is going to make it here sometime. At some point. So, happy Earth Day, man. Yeah, happy Earth Day. Did you do anything specific to celebrate? Uh, actually, I, di- I, I didn't do it on purpose. It was okay. something I had to do, but I went and recycled all of my leftover bottles. Hey, congratulations. Yes, I got myself about $5 back from going and recycling that this morning. So Every little bit counts. I would like to think so. I try to do that with my aluminum, my, my glass, and uh, when I get have a newspaper, I guess that, but most places don't really accept newspaper these days anymore. Yeah, so. I get, there's not any value in it. Not anymore. Not I remember the way when I was a little kid, man, we would put together an entire Ralph truck. And paper drives. Yeah, and then the, you'd be like, oh, how much did you make? Like $500. Yep. And like, the, and are the, you kidding me? And then the paper drive itself at school when we were going to Paradise Canyon all those many, many years ago, you know, having to store that all together and the, the class that had the most got to have a pizza party. That was always fun. It was almost like I would rather have just given a dollar. I mean, you had 500 kids working on it. You made $500. Oh, they made a lot more than that. Are you I, sure? Yeah. My, mo- my mom did. was ahead of one of them one year. What do you think they made? Uh, I was never told, but I know it was thousands of dollars because okay, there were there, there mom, were because tons. I'm interested because there to were, me it always seemed like it was a it was a complete time waste and a rip off. Uh, there were so many tons of paper that were brought in. You're talking about K through six bringing in you know a couple feet of paper. Uh, that's that's a lot that's a lot of tonnage there. Hey, it's a crud load for sure. So oh tonight's show it's a, an amazingly good one. We have the long um, advertised long awaited too awaited as well. Um, it is uh, Cheech and Chong Cheech and night. Chong. So that's I was I almost felt stoned just trying to think of the name Cheech and Chong, which yeah. shouldn't really happen. We've also have uh, Josh Gilbert who is a director of a uh, documentary about Cheech and Chong. He called, made a movie called AKA Chong Aka. To- uh, AKA Tommy Chong. I've never understood that. What does Aka mean? Also, also known as no, it doesn't. Why don't they just write that? It says Aka. Yes, but that's a lot. Okay, There's a lot many words. My, let me, let me, a lot more letters. Aka. And we've also got Tim Hooten, who is the produ- writer and producer. Or he's the excuse me, the writer and, uh, and producer. Excuse me, this time of Jeffy was here. It was also the um, 
writer and producer of Hoodwinked, the animated feature that came out a couple of years ago that uh, grossed uh, like $120 million worldwide. That's a buttload of that's money. A, that's a nice wow, bit of money. And he is the writer of Hoodwinked 2. He's not producing it because he had this other endeavor to work on. But uh, I've seen the preview for Jeffy Was Here. It looks amazingly funny. And uh, I am looking forward to talking to him in the 6 o'clock hour. Yeah, we've also uh, have a bunch of our favorite news parties. We'll have a uh, vagina news and a Chinese news party. There's all sorts of things going on in those directions. But I think one of the things to start off with this week is Obama's heckler. Yeah. Like, did you guys get to watch any of that video? Yes, I did. It seems ridiculous to me. So the whole thing is he's already planning on putting this in, into effect and into motion. Like, they're already repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. But repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Well, I like, <laughs> like now. Like I, now. I am. Like it, that was a weird one to protest on. Yeah, and it got weirder at the at the White House later in the week. There was like a few servicemen were assuming ex servicemen probably uh, handcuffed themselves to the White House fence in the backyard and were also protesting it. And then when reporters showed up to cover it, the government uh, or the police came swooping in to chase out the reporters, which reporters say is nearly unprecedented and possibly unprecedented. Mm-hmm. So Obama's getting attacked by gays about a policy he's already doing for them, and then we're having the p- police like keep reporters from seeing that. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like I, I've never heard of anything like that happening before, where they just run off all all the press and say, "Oh, you can't really cover this." Yeah, it's it's probably been quite some time. And I mean, if it's a na- if it's you know national se- uh, security that's at stake, yeah, you can you can shuffle them out because it's it's stuff that only the need to knows need to know. It's just but. the most butt hurt group of people I've seen. <laughs> Literally. In, okay, no, not them. Oh. I'm, I'm not talking about. Wow, man, you you got some problems. <laughs> I'm not talking about the people who handcuff themselves to go after. Uh, don't ask, don't tell. I'm saying that the administration, oh. they're butthurt like the way you get butthurt. Anything goes wrong, and then it's like, oh, uh, uh, like, stop picking on me. I didn't do it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wait, I did do it. I promised what I did. So, but he's also got some more. Wow. He's got, Obama's got some extra. You know that's true. Okay. You get defensive quick. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just, you know, all those years of Catholic school meetings, you got to, like, shy away from. But go ahead, Brandon. No, no, that's quite all right. We've, uh, he's, uh, Obama's got some other issues going on. It's not directly to him yet, but in Arizona, they've passed what's called the Birther Bill. Uh, the, uh, the, House of Rep- the, the House of Representatives uh, advanced the legislation that would require that Arizona's uh, Assembly or Senate, whichever it is, um, will have to vote on this. But it's it's Senate Bill 1024, and it requires that the Arizona Secretary of State inspect a presidential candidate's birthday cer- birth certificate mm-hmm. before that candidate can qualify to be on the ballot. So I don't know if it, 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 what will happen it once he sees this. It, it should all be it should be all be a wash if it really is there, or we're going to come across one of the biggest scandals in, in our history with the fact that a non-citizen ran and won the presidential election for the United States. Crazy. I have a feeling he'll suddenly not be on the ballot in Arizona. That's, well, that's, I don't need that state. If, <laughs> if they continue to decline it, they can. The, the state then is allowed to keep him off the ballot for the 2012 presidential elections. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, like watch him magically declare that he doesn't need uh, Arizona anyway, so we'll run around it. Some candidates actually do run like 30 state campaigns I don't know. That's a that's an idiot answer on my on my part. No, but you never know. But uh, I, I guess uh, the Democrats in in Arizona, the the few that are in their House and and Senator, uh, are completely opposed to this. But uh, it certainly seems like it's going to move to the next step, and uh, we'll keep our ears open on some more of that to report it later. To me, the crazy legislation this week was uh, Texas saying that gays can't get divorced. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that is the the craziest idea because you figure if anyone wants to get rid of of gay, you know, gay, gay marriage people being married, it should be what the stereotype is of like the Texas redneck doesn't want uh, anybody to. And their their have state what they doesn't want. their state doesn't recognize civil unions or or uh, gay marriage. So, <clears throat> excuse me, but. Now that they want to try and make it so that these people, if they're not happy with their partners after they've moved to Texas, they can go and get a divorce, and the courts aren't going to accept that. I, I think it's absolutely nuts. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense to me, man. Like I think I think they would just go ahead and do it and say, all right, you, uh, whatever derogatory term I can come up with to make sense. Well, it's sort of like the idea that you know this has gone around the block a little bit about you know if you want to stop gays from uh, you know doing what they, doing what they do relation wise and. Let them get married because they'll be like every other married couple in five years. So the amount of know, money, the amount of money that'll that'll be made in court costs and and lob, jobs for lawyers will uh, will skyrocket once this once uh, every state recognizes it and allows them to divorce. But uh, they better recognize. And then 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 on top of that, this week we've got the FDA telling our food producers that they're going to have to cut back on the amount of salt used in our food that they process. That they're regulating Ooh. our diets. <laughs> because uh, our food is already too salty. I mean, in New York City alone, they've already passed uh, uh, trans, fats, uh, tra- trans fats, and I don't think they're allowed to use salt in the kitchens anymore. You can have it on the tables for their for your customers to use, but you can't add salt to food as you're cooking it, which really goes against everything a chef is is taught. So, what's the point if you can't do your job the way you? Think it needs to be done to get it done. I heard I heard earlier this week that some there was one doctor who was saying that if if they were to get these levels to where they're supposed to be, that we could potentially see 100,000 fewer heart attack victims and stroke victims every year just because high blood pressure is such a problem in the in people over the age of 59 that we'll see these people who have an issue, their salt intake is reduced, they don't need as much as they have, and their blood pressure will not cause these. Uh, these attacks. Well, they gotta die anyway. Sometimes, so I mean, it's like let them die happy. That's what I say. I, got, I think in a somewhat re- n- n- well. I mean, I want to. You know, I want to die. It, I want to die filled with like you know moonshine and lard, but happy. That can be arranged this afternoon, Carl, after the show. <laughs> and all the things that surprise me, that's not going to be one of them. Okay. <laughs> like, really? Whoa, like that that is some shocking information. Well, I mean, it's like what's the point of living to 100 if you can't enjoy what you're eating and drinking? Uh, you're right, man. Um, the next time I have a bad sandwich or something, I'm just gonna kill myself. <laughs> like, I've I've had one bad meal too many. This this world just isn't worth living in anymore. Wow. I know. That's, uh, I've got a sad outlook on things today, don't I? You sure do. Oh well, um, I'm I'm no worse than the government is. The government is really worried about fat children. They came out this week and they said that national security is threatened by the sharp rise in in obesity rates for young people over the last 15 years. And it's making it so there could be too many fat kids to fill how many people we need to keep a standing army. (laughs) We're we're now past the point of just worried about our citizenship. Now it's like, do we have enough non-fatties to be able to put in uniform and stand (laughs) against a wall? I mean, it's uh, because we don't really do anything with our military anyways. It's all a a show of bullshit force where no one's allowed to win any wars or lose any wars. So it's just a matter of do we have enough thin people to stand there? Besides, I thought thought that's the whole point of boot camp is that they beat you into shape. You're not going to drop 50 pounds in six weeks. That's just not. It's just not going to happen. And you would have to. You'd have to. You'd have to 
yeah, you'd have to extend boot camp to probably three months worth of, of training to get people to be able to lose the 30 to 40 pounds just so that they're at a healthy enough level. And then they're going to have to continue on with a specific regiment to lose the rest of the weight to get them to, you know, fighting form. Well, you know, they take care of two birds with one stone instead of just leaving all the fat people behind. That's a great way to stay I, out of the draft. I say put them in front. Fat people left behind. I say put them in front and let them block the thin people who are actually going to do the fighting afterwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Carl, if, if, a, if a war breaks out, I'm jumping behind you first. You're the best human shield I've ever known. <laughs> Is it called Operation Get Behind the Fatties? <laughs> I, I'm sorry to report that today I uh, not only used my CPAP machine for the full evening, but I also woke up so refreshed I went and uh, did the treadmill for 45 minutes. So perhaps a trend is starting, and you won't be able to use me as a human shield in six to eight weeks. Well, there's always hope for us. I mean, we always hope that we can, right? That's right. If war comes... War like, better come fast. I, well, that means i got six to eight weeks to lose a couple extra pounds, or I'll still fit behind you. Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 There's my rebuttal, sir. Yeah, we could have some type of a race like that to see who can lose weight the fastest or something. That actually could be kind of fun. Ooh. Set up a little... Uh, Who's the biggest loser? Oh, wait. Oh, that's been on. We're, man, we're going to have a different name because that show is demeaning. That's a horrible name. Yeah, the name is awful. I mean, what, <laughs> why do they call it that? It makes me sad for those people. Like, I won Biggest Loser. Is that really winning? Yeah, well, look how thin they look afterwards. Yes, big win. Well, I, yeah. I guess. I, to be I honest, $250,000. To be honest. To, for, you know, Electra's grocery supply there. I'm not a fan of watching that show. Like... I'm usually not big into watching any of the weight loss shows. Except for Celebrity Fit Club. That's always fun. Okay, but I'm not oh, watching yeah. that to see them lose weight. I'm watching no. that to see, like, Bobby Brown break down in tears. The shenanigans just, that are involved with it, yes. Oh, my arms are burning. Then he cries. How was K-Fit? <laughs> was K-Fit on there? Yes. How did he do? Um, That guy has a lot of emotional problems. Really? Yeah. Was he, he just getting mad all the time, or was he doing the butthurt thing like I do? They, there, there is some butthurt there, and there is also just some obliviousness to the world that you kind of have as well. Like he just like um, like when he drove by you the other day when we were out and you saw oh, yeah. we saw K-Fed drive by. So, there, but there's an, there's just something about him that he just doesn't recognize what he does to the people around him. Like he has the, another person that was on the episode is the baby baby mama that he left behind before he went oh, to Char Jackson, yeah. yeah, so in a cruel twist of um, of casting, which I'm sure was purely accidental. Of course, they put them together on oh. the on the same celebrity fit nice. club. So it's like you don't know the emotional hurt that you caused me by going off to Britney. Yeah, but you have you heard my new single? <laughs> oh shit! Really? Yeah, he's like, whoa. Where, where, where am I that bad? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not that bad a person. Uh, you know, it would just depress us, and you know, we got to keep it light and fun for Cheech and Chong, right? That's right. So. You know, like we. I don't want to have to play all, just play these dumb little clips on that because we got the real deal. Bye bye, lardass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and that's exactly what our interview is going to be like. I'll be like, um. Uh, hello, uh, my name is Jake. Oh, yeah? You know who this is? Uh, no, I have no idea who this is. Um, what is, uh, your name, man? <laughs> yeah, it's all random. I don't know. So we actually do have real Cheech and Chong. Just as a reminder, coming up in, um... Just, uh, what about Within the hour. Within the hour. Within the hour, we will be with, uh, playing some Cheech and Chong. It'll be pretty awesome, man. I'm, I'm pretty stoked and excited by that. Uh, though, actually, we do have to go off to a commercial now so we can, um, make sure that we get all of our, um, cheese crossed and our chaws dotted. Right. I think that's how they say it, right? Yeah. Stop overpaying for your home, auto, and business insurance. Insurance companies don't want you to know about the deep recession discounts you can receive by bundling all your insurance together. 
up to and beyond 35%. California's number one choice since 1988, Pacific Resources, wants you to know and help you take advantage of these money-saving truths. Call 1-800-701-6036 to get a free quote and find all the savings you're entitled to. Pacific Resources Corporation, Division of California Insurance Services, www.caautoprotect.com. Bookmark it now. The snow has fallen and ski season is here. And the Rainbow Tarns Bed and Breakfast is only minutes away from the best runs at Mammoth Mountain Ski Resort. Escape the thousands of snowbirds crammed into town and nestle around the Tarn's roaring fire or relax in your own private bath in one of the three luxurious rooms and always start your day off with a delicious gourmet breakfast. The Romantic Tarns is a favorite getaway for many over the last 20 years and is so close to all the Sierras have to offer. Snowmobiling, shopping, and so much more are all minutes away. And wine and hors d'oeuvres greet you upon your return. Visit them at rainbowtarns.com or call toll-free 888-588-6269. party people pasadena's only bikini club this show is under new ownership and it's time to party the most beautiful girls happy hour and food and drink specials pole and private dances watch all the big games on the 10-foot screen while surrounded by the hottest girls in los angeles and girls we always get in for free in pasadena off the 210 or the 10 at rosemead at 3768 colorado call 626-793 1847 to book your VIP party experience now. Come see more of me at the show. All right. Full Circle Healing and Caregiving Corporation is the one call delivery service for all your medical marijuana needs. Dispensing only the highest quality medical marijuana and the best strands of indica and sativa you can find. Delivering from the valley to the sea and everywhere in between, call 888-278-5152 and get the meds you need today. Full Circle Healing and Caregiving Corporation, 501c3 compliant. That's 888-278-5152. Call today. Attention elderly care facility owners and operators. Even during a recession, insurance rates still go up and you could be overpaying. Pacific Resources, the authority on elderly living facilities, can review your policies and alert you to overpays, proper limits to carry, litigation protection levels, and other essentials that if overlooked can snatch your business out from under your feet. Since 1996, Pacific Resources has helped hundreds of businesses prepare for tomorrow while saving them money today. Call 1-800-701-6036 or check out the Nursing Home National Insurance Program Center at www.elderlycarefacilityinsurance.com. With so much on the line, don't fail to make the call that can keep you protected. All right, back with Grand Theft Audio. Uh, the first person that can uh, call in or email us at grandtheftaudioradio at yahoo.com uh, and tell us what clip this next Cheech and Chong is from, so you only have like eight to choose from. It's not that hard. Um, we're going to get Chad a great prize to a local head shop. All right. And they look very, very natural. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Habib, how do you like it? Better than herpes. Yes. You are all right. Much better than herpes. I should say so. Yes, before I had herpes on my head. <laughs> Good herpes on your head? Yes, of course. Where else would you have it? <laughs> on your dick? <laughs> I really do wish you'd mentioned that to me before. Well, it was very embarrassing. 
I mean, everybody could see. You walk into a room and they said, ha, he had herpes on his head. <laughs> you could not do anything. You could not go swimming because you have herpes. <laughs> and girls don't like that. Very hard to get dead with herpes. <laughs> yes, this is much better. <laughs> Tell you what, I give you souvenir. I give you my herpes. <laughs> no, 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 that's all right. Thank I you, insist, though. I insist, I insist. No, really, you keep them, all right? You souvenir. Here, you take my herpes. I don't need any more. <laughs> All right, uh, first person that can call in and tell us what movie that is from. Or email us at grandtheftaudioradio at yahoo.com. Uh, but if you do want to give the call in. Let GTA run wild on you. Get in the ring with us at 323-203-0815. All right. So, um, oh man, Fusion Strong Night is very exciting. I do know that we are expecting a uh, call in in a moment from... Tim Hooten, the producer and writer of Jeffy Was Here. It's going to be playing at the L.A. United Film Festival on the 30th over in Los Feliz. Um, and I think uh, on the 29th, it's actually going to be down at the Newport Beach Film Festival. So, oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very nice guy who I got to, a chance to chat with over the last couple of days. And uh, looking forward to uh, talking to him about the, the different movies he's done and what he's got coming up. Because I know he's got another animated film that's going to be coming out, uh, I bl- they're hoping for later this year, if not early next year. Cool, man. Uh, that's, that's not like Hoodwinked, but I'm also kind of looking forward to the sequel if they keep to the, the characters like they did from the first one. Uh, cool, man. So I say until we, we get here... So, trying to figure out things to do for Cheese and Chong, I found these awesome boards that have, like, uh, Cheech and Chong-isms. Yeah. <laughs> I just think they're fun to listen to, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, we probably got probably 45 seconds to kill here, so... Um, it's me, Pedro, man. I just think they're funny. Uh, and I don't know. It's probably a dumb idea. Hey, I'm just a love machine. And I don't work for nobody but you. It was, it was uh, awesome. So you guys have actually watched the DVD. I guess we'll get into it later with the, the, the review of it. Did you get a chance to watch the new one? Uh, no, I saw the Akko Chong. You, you did what? I just saw the other AKA Chong, I'll be honest. Oh, all right. Well, but I mean, you just can talk about it. I'll talk about AKA Chong with the director more a little bit. Oh, good. That's, that's, that's great, man. Yeah. So anyways, um, we can probably touch into this one real quick. I have this whole department here called Fuck the Children. <laughs> no, not that way department. Yeah. Well, I guess that way if you were in the... If you are the... Uh, Certain... Priest. Certain priests. That's not all, but certain ones and more than enough. Man, yeah. every week, like you get an, another one of these stories about some other place in the world where yep. there's more priests touching kids. Yep. And it, I, apparently, it's really even gotten to the Pope. Like you're telling me that he broke down crying. Yeah. Well, it was in uh, um, on an island called Malta, this classy, old old-fashioned medieval kind of island, and he went there to uh, just you know he travels all over to meet his. Uh, uh, leaders of different countries, and uh, while there, he met with a string of uh, victims of priests, and uh, the, the and apparently he broke down crying. And this was objectively described by reporters that were there, and mm-hmm. uh, and he said, "I'm sorry, you're right. We need to do better," and uh, and said he will seek justice, and oh. made it sound like he's talking like really finally agreeing to do whatever he has to do legally, yep. his, court-wise, and all that. His quote was, he's going to implement effective measures to protect children. So, whatever that might mean, but uh, obviously there weren't effective mes- uh, uh, measures that were being used back when he was a cardinal. But at yeah. least now, as Pope, he can do something about it. Well, hopefully, you know. I mean, 
You know, it's, better. It's, oh, no, has to, has to. It'd be pretty shitty. But, you know, there's, you just never know. You know, I mean, my dad is an old school Catholic, and and he said, you know, that um, he was in seminary. Actually, I almost never would have been here. He was, he, he studied for six months before deciding it wasn't for him, and he said that. Uh, <laughs> And so, uh, see if I get myself a time machine. <laughs> so, <laughs> see if you wouldn't have a radio show. No, but uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, he, he said, uh, "Well, we're, we're all together. That's why." But uh, but anyway, so he uh, uh, said that there were that there were guys who got tossed back then, sixty or, or I don't know, fifty years ago, uh, in Poland. That a couple guys were tossed for they were, they were figured out that they had bad intentions, and boom, you know, I mean. Uh, he thinks that some guys purposely infiltrate, um, looking for an excuse, and that the, the, yes, the church needs to be diligent about catching them. But he thinks that some of these guys are purposely going in, not turning that way. Oh well, all right, man. Um, we'll probably get back into that more later. But we have a call coming in. This is probably awesome. our, in- our interview. You're on the air with Grand Theft Audio. This is Brant. Hey, Brant. This is Tim Hooten. Hi, Tim. Thanks for calling in. Hey. Uh, yeah, sure. I'd like to do just a quick intro so our, our listeners know uh, a little bit about you. Uh, okay. Tim Hooten, he is the uh, producer and writer of the animated feature Hoodwinked. He also, you just recently uh, produced, did you also direct the new Blues Brother homage uh, video that Hanson just put out uh, last week? Yeah, uh, well, let, let's uh, back up just a second. Okay. I was involved with Hoodwinked, oh. um, but I um, mostly you'll hear me in the background on the soundtrack. Um, my... Uh, director uh, in our company, Todd Edwards, he actually uh, created, co-wrote, and co-directed Hoodwinked. Um, and our other producer in our company, Katie Hooten, she also produced Hoodwinked. Right. And you've got and then as far as Jeffy was here, um, Katie and I, I produced that to together. And uh, Todd Edwards, he directed amazingly. So yeah, I got to see the 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 uh, preview on Facebook, and uh, any of our listeners that are listening right now definitely recommend going to Facebook and and looking up Jeffy was here. It's uh, really quite funny. I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's one of those previews that, you know, they they you guys did it right. You you, you give us enough of the story that we want. You kind of draw us in. The characters are unique enough that you you're really looking forward to seeing this film. Yeah. Oh, you know, we've gotten thank you for that. We've gotten so much positive feedback about the trailer, which we released last summer, just as a little teaser, uh, mostly to our friends in the industry and, and uh, people who knew that we shot it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those um, gems out of Todd's mind um, where, uh, really, it's, it's a reaction to some of the things that we were dealing with in the industry. After Hoodwink, which we made for $8 million, and it grossed over $150 million. Um, we set up several projects, and a lot of them got stuck in the studio development, um, like a glacial pace. And then we had the WGA strike and, and uh, a lot of things that aren't really sexy radio, but um, that slowed us down in terms of moving forward. And so we acquired a few projects, and after working with... Um, uh, people outside of our company just said, you know what, we are we are a creative team. Let's just write another project that we can go fund ourselves and make another indie movie. Todd had a film in Sundance back in 99 that we all worked on and acted in called Chillicothe, and, uh, which, which got a lot of great buzz. But then we got um, involved in animation for, for several years, and uh, we were so glad to... Um, well, we could keep one foot in animation to get back to live action and, and shoot Jeffy was here. Yeah, man. This is one of the other co-hosts, Jake, man. that The trailer is so hilarious. 
Uh, I, I love the idea of nut job people, and that guy looks yeah. like one of the biggest nut job people I've seen put in a film in a long time. <laughs> it looks great. Well, and that's Todd. Uh, so you know, this guy's so talented. Uh, he's uh, he he wrote the thing with his writing partner uh, Peter, and we've got a development process within our company that we've grown really comfortable with. There's uh, just such a um, a solid, uh, I have to say, a solid collaborative uh, team, and we all have a very similar sense of humor. So, for your audience, um, if, for people out there who like. 30 Rock or Parks and Rec or uh, Bottle Rocket, which is uh, one of our favorite indie that's, films. That's one of ours, uh, The people, that, that's kind of the style of the comedy of this film. Yeah, now, you also just last week released the new Hanson video that you had a hand in. Yeah, right, yeah. We, we, um, we, we've known Hanson for a while. Uh, they came to our Sundance premiere back in 99 of, of Todd's movie, Chillicothe, and then also of our film, Hoodwink. Um, the premiere for that was in New York City um, back in 2005. And uh, we've, we've stayed um, close with them, and uh, they called us in January and said, we've got a new album coming out. It's a really fun summer album, and we've got this concept for this first video. And... and um, we felt very complimented that they looked to us to pull off what was a very ambitious idea. Uh, and the great thing is, it, it, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but uh, just last night, um, or early this morning, we went over a million views in, in just a week. Wow. Yeah, and I, I did get to see it after you told me about it after our first conversation. I definitely went and looked it up. <clears throat> and it's a great little uh, homage to the Blues Brothers at that the scene at the at the uh, is it at the diner or is it the uh, the mu- at the music shop? Yeah, uh, it's, with- it's yeah, it's Ray's uh, Music Exchange, right. and the director John Landis he got in touch with us through his agent uh, to just tell us how flattered he was uh, and, and how 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 much he loved it and how much he was flipping out, and that was important to us because we love that movie and and the last thing we wanted to do was disrespect it in any way. So I, we were we kind of breathed a collective sigh of relief here at Blue Yonder uh, when when we got that note from him and and uh, we're actually. Um, we just found out that Letterman's going to be playing a clip of it on a show Friday night. Oh, cool. excellent. Wow. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I love the fact you also incorporated the dance sequence, the dance scene that was outside of Ray's in the movie. You incorporated that into the song, too. It was really fun to watch that kind of choreography again on, on a music video. Yeah, and, and we only had 60 actual dancers and then 300-plus extras that showed up who were just Hanson fans and wanted their chance to be a, a part of the video. And... Uh, um, the uh, the choreography uh, choreographer Heather Hall she's a, a Tulsa native she she really shined with the choreography and and which all was um, inspired and and kind of and, and, and even ripped straight from Blues Brothers I mean we really wanted to um, even though the song is a, a little bit faster tempo uh, we we wanted people to watch it and in in moments especially indoors the interiors we shot cause, and that was a complete build out. Um, that we did there in Tulsa, the interiors. Um, we wanted people to be like, well, wait, wait a minute, is this digital? Did they just drop these guys in digitally? So um, we've gotten so many great um, 
uh, compliments from people that uh, it's, it's nice to know that people are appreciating the Hanson's music, but also the um, the art and the direction and producing that went into making that video. Plus the special appearance by Weird Al Yankovic in the back is great. Oh, isn't he great? <clears throat> he's so fun to watch him dance to the music with the and with the shoes that he's wearing. It's just it's it's classic Weird Al, but it, with you know just in the background instead of him taking the center stage. Oh yeah, and and uh, our first cut of the video actually featured him more because. We were just loving it. At at one point, he he um, because we were we were on a time crunch. This was like a kind of a last minute thing, and so we had to go into uh, full speed uh, producer mode to make it happen within a, a short window. And and we didn't even know that he was going to be able to be a part of it um, until two days before we shot. It was a last minute thing where we knew that Taylor Hansen uh, had a good relationship with Al and. We'd never worked with him, but had been fans like a lot of people. Um, well, I guess he has almost two million Twitter followers or something. But crazy, uh, yeah. So he's got he's got a lot of people that are that are still really connected to uh, his work and his comedy. And so him being the godfather of the parody of the music video parody, we early on had said it would be so great to have Al there. And and I think ultimately just to not just for ease. We said, well, you know, we'll just put a picture of him up on the wall. And then two nights before, Katie and Todd and I went and um, were taking a breath from, from all the pre-production stuff and just said, you know what, we need Al in this video. And so we went back and kind of ganged up on on uh, Taylor and uh, and they said, you know what, this would need so much um, to have his blessing, really, uh, yeah. for this homage and uh al he taylor called al right away and he was on a plane the next day and and we shot him the day after that so it, it's nice when there's that kind of um synergy and, and those serendipitous moments where the things that you really want to see happen come together now the movie jeffy was here is going to be coming out next week here in the southern california area i know you're up in sacramento right now yeah we yeah. are we so. are and and I, I saw the uh, venue uh, at the Sacramento uh, International Film Fest last night, and man, is it a grindhouse! It, it is. We just got back from the Phoenix Film Festival with Jeffy was here, and it was like this pristine, um, like giant megaplex kind of theater, and and they really um, pump a lot of money into the the venues, and and in, in the Sacramento case, it's like. A 1971 grindhouse <laughs> with a small screen. It's going to be quite a screening. But then, yeah, we were at the uh, L.A. United Film Festival on Friday the 30th. All the cast will be there, including Ken Marino from the state and okay. Party Down and Christine Rose from Heroes. Um, who else? Steve Little, also, who's in Eastbound and Down. Oh, man, uh, that great. Danny McBride show yeah, that's produced great. by Will Ferrell. Um, he's, he's in the movie, and... He, He'll be there. It's it's going to be a great night. And they asked us to to actually show the Hanson video before Jesse was here because of all the buzz and stuff. So that's going to be fun too. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going out there. Uh, I'll be there next Friday night uh, to to see the screening. Uh, but, and hopefully one or both of my co-hosts will be able to go with me. Uh, right on. But uh, is there, uh, where else can they get any information about Jeffy Was Here and about Blue Yonder Films so that uh, we can put that also up on our on our li- our website page so that they can link to you guys to check this stuff out? Yeah, let me let me tell you, it's it's really easy. www.blueyonderfilms.com uh, if they go there on our splash page, uh, there's a link to the Hanson video. Think it for the song "Thinking About Something." 
Uh, there's also our live Twitter feed is there, which I tried to tweet that we are about to go on live here on your show, and, and uh, the, this area doesn't have great um, Internet coverage, so hopefully the tweet went out, but otherwise I, I went tweetless. But um, the, uh, and, and then under, under projects, on the projects tab, is a link to Jeffy Was Here. Um, where people can watch the trailer. And we also would love to get um, people to um, become fans of Jeffy Was Here on Facebook, which is, uh, I think it's just Facebook slash Jeffy Was Here. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you the website is jeffywashere.com. That's how I was able to get on there and become a fan. So, uh, Okay, awesome. Thank you for doing that. And, and thanks a lot for uh, the invite to um, share some of this great, stuff that, that's going on um, on your show. Yeah, I'm hoping that with future projects that you've got coming out in the, in the upcoming years, you'll keep in touch and we'll be able to have you in studio sometime. That'd be really great. Oh, it'd be fun, yeah. We, Hoodwink 2 is coming out soon. You, got that. Um, you have and, another animated and, uh, feature you said you've got in the works. Yeah, awesome. Well, we, we will stay in touch for sure. Thank you, Tim. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next Friday. Likewise. Okay, it'll be great. Thanks Take a lot. care, guys. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, man, that trailer for that movie is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I I like movies like um, that one with Bill Murray where he was following around behind um, uh, Richard Dreyfuss. Oh, what about Bob? Oh, what about yeah, Bob? what about Bob? I mean, it, like things like we got like this horrible, creepy, <laughs> wrong guy that you just want to fucking get rid of, but you don't have the heart to do it. Like, I love that story, so I think it's fun. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. It just Please it go. Was very t- hard not to look at Carl when I was giving that description. <laughs> but please go go to no, Facebook or, or go to blueyonder.com and take a look at it. Uh, take a look at the trailer. Uh, it's I think it's gonna when it when it does release wide, it'll be very popular. I think a lot of people are gonna enjoy it. So I hope we get the chance to because uh, it it does look hilarious, just like Mystery Team. I love Mystery Team. Uh, did you ever get a chance to see it? No, I, I, well, I have to rent it. Yeah, um, yeah, but, uh, we got to see it. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, well, it was uh, uh, hilarious. Absolutely delicious. So we were talking about uh, why the Pope had been crying because of the new charges in Latin America. I don't think that we actually got into how big it really is down there and how how many years it's been going on in in that area of the world. Yeah, well, they're saying it was an 83 year old priest who man, that's busy boys as young as 12 who and uh, that's made headlines around the world. They have a videotape. That a Brazilian television network erupted uh, the scandal by broadcasting a tape of the 83-year-old Barbosa in bed with a 19-year-old. You oh. it was not clear if the 19-year-old, identified as a former altar boy who had worked with Barbosa for four years, had previous sexual relations with the priest. Man, that is just so <laughs> screwed. I mean, all these people that we think that we're putting in charge of our children in good ways are doing awful things. That whole story about. The the wireless notebooks that they'd given out, and oh, like the, yeah. the laptops with and, the with the webcam, yeah, yeah, and, and and the tons of images that they'd taken off of there for basically no reason at all. Something like fifty six thousand photos were taken, crazy, off of off, off of students' webcams while they were left on at home. There were pictures of there's one I saw that I that's a, one of the students who's asleep, and the camera the the computer was pointing towards him, and it captured a, a picture of him asleep. Now, who says they're going to send all of them? Like, if there's anything really bad in there, there there's no way they're going to send it. Like, th- this is the type of stuff that you shut down school, like me, schools and administrations over. Administrations and, and the teachers who allowed this. Yes, this is an absolute... Uh, it's an invasion of privacy at a level that we've never seen, especially for, for minors. Well, this is in uh, Philadelphia area, just to bring people... The same school district that Kobe Bryant went to. Oh, really? 
So. Yeah, there were some missing laptops, and so schools put in a new sets of laptops, secret cameras, to see if they could find the old laptops in the background of the kids' rooms. Right. Yeah, like because the same guy who stole it before is probably going to steal it now, and he may aim it at the ones that he stole before. Right, the one that's in the corner that and he doesn't want to play with anymore. Old laptop, he needs another one. Right. Okay. The logic of all of it is just. It makes no profound. sense at all. It's just more ways of. Big brother. Um, of abusing children. I mean, that that is. Yeah. If I was a parent that had that happen with my one of my kids, oh. man, I would be sitting here trying to make. My, I, I'd be finding the nearest charter school and taking them to there instead. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and they, at that point, they don't deserve um, the the dollars that come to them no. to educate your children. Yeah. Sickening. Hey, we got to do one more of these, and then we can come back and get into our Cheech and Chong extravaganza. Stop overpaying for your home, auto, and business insurance. Insurance companies don't want you to know about the deep recession discounts you can receive by bundling all your insurance together, up to and beyond 35%. California's number one choice since 1988, Pacific Resources, wants you to know and help you take advantage of these money-saving truths. Call 1-800-701-6036 to get a free quote and find all the savings you're entitled to. Pacific Resources Corporation, Division of California Insurance Services, www.caautoprotect.com. Bookmark it now. The snow has fallen and ski season is here. And the Rainbow Tarns Bed and Breakfast is only minutes away from the best runs at Mammoth Mountain Ski Resort. Escape the thousands of snowbirds crammed into town and nestled around the Tarn's roaring fire, or relax in your own private bath in one of the three luxurious rooms, and always start your day off with a delicious gourmet breakfast. The Romantic Tarns is a favorite getaway for many over the last 20 years and is so close to all the Sierras have to offer. Snowmobiling, shopping, and so much more are all minutes away. And wine and hors d'oeuvres greet you upon your return. Visit them at RainbowTarns.com or call toll-free 888-588-6269. All right, party people. Pasadena's only bikini club, this show, is under new ownership and it's time to party. The most beautiful girls, happy hour and food and drink specials, pole and private dances. Watch all the big games on the 10-foot screen while surrounded by the hottest girls in Los Angeles. And girls, we always get in for free. In Pasadena, off the 210 or the 10 at Rosemead at 3768 Colorado. Call 626-793-1847 to book your VIP party experience now. Come see more of me at the show. All right. Full Circle Healing and Caregiving Corporation is the one-call delivery service for all your medical marijuana needs. Dispensing only the highest quality medical marijuana and the best strands of indica and sativa you can find. Delivering from the valley to the sea and everywhere in between, call 888-278-5152 and get the meds you need today. Full Circle Healing and Caregiving Corporation, 501c3 compliant. That's 888-278-5152. Call today. Attention elderly care facility owners and operators. Even during a recession, insurance rates still go up and you could be overpaying. Pacific Resources, the authority on elderly living facilities, can review your policies and alert you to overpays, proper limits to carry, litigation protection levels, and other essentials that if overlooked can snatch your business out from under your feet. 
Since 1996, Pacific Resources has helped hundreds of businesses prepare for tomorrow while saving them money today. Call 1-800-701-6036 or check out the Nursing Home National Insurance Program Center at www.ElderlyCareFacilityInsurance.com. With so much on the line, don't fail to make the call that can keep you protected. Yeah, what? 
Okay, so uh, we're just moments away from having our uh, Cheech and Chong interview, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I know that we're uh, getting that together. And Yeah, um, sorry. Slight, slight little technical difficulty there when we had the dead, dead air, but we're back. Hey, man, some of those clips are so darn good, though. I mean, they're, they're just hilarious. Um, let's see if I've got them. Um, I wonder how I get the volume set up on this thing. Sure. Yeah, that's what it's we're ready for them at any time. Should we play one more clip until they get here? Yeah, we could do that. Um, give me two more seconds. That should be fine. So I don't know why it's not. Oh, hey, let's go with one more of these clips. And by, by, by the time that we're done with this, we'll be ready to rock and roll. When you go into these neighborhoods, man, you got to have your stuff all together, man. You got to have your attitude and your whole trip down, man. You know, everybody throws their bad looks at you, you know? They have like... You should go eat tacos now or something. <laughs> Want me to teach you some Spanish words, man? Okay. Okay. But like when you see a real good friend, you know, like say, Hey, pendejo, how you doing? Try it. Hey, pendejo, how you doing? Yeah, that's close enough. Man. What does that mean? Oh, that means uh, my real good friend. Pendejo? Ben, how's that again? Pendejo, man. Pendejo. Yeah, yeah. yeah then say, uh, bend over, pendejo. <laughs> Hey, home. Hey, that's a nice car, man. Better get it back to the circus before they find out it's gone. <laughs> oh, you want to jump, huh? <laughs> hey, is that all the air you can get it up, man? <laughs> Go ahead, hit it, man. I mean, how did you guys know that you had something that was just like, bam, we got to work together? 
Uh, well, we started out as a band. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, we put a band together. We've been doing people. comedy before that. and uh, But we were in an acting troupe together. And then when the troupe broke up, Teach and I stayed together as a band. The singer and the guitar player. Uh, we were the Royal Shakespearean strippers. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, uh, we played a battle of the bands. And then we, because we've been doing comedy, we, we thought we'd start to set off with a little bit of comedy. Are they done already? And so we... Uh, <laughs> So we uh, started doing comedy, and we never did get around to playing music. And and we decided then, hey, we don't we don't need a we don't need a band, you know. You just need two guys. It's great. You did bring it into some of the movies, because I remember you had uh, a. Oh, um, there's music in all of them. Yeah, in all of them. Yeah. Some great stage performances with the the, cra the crazy punk stuff that you guys yeah. that really imitated. <laughs> I mean, we grew up watching this stuff. And uh, I mean, before we knew what smoking weed was like. We knew yeah. what it would do. Yeah, what we thought And I love the way we introduced the punk uh, scene to the world, and and, and I love the way the uh, the punk aficionados, you know, they play a movies back and like, oh, there's the germs, there's, there's, there's all those guys, and Robbie Bingham. I saw a movie called The Runaways. How is it? Great. Was it good? Oh, oh, great. Great movie. And Robert Bingham was in there. Yeah, we've listened to Rodney on the Rock over the years here. He's got a pretty big movie also about to get ourselves off topic, but he has a pretty good movie called The Mayor of Sunset Strip. Right. And it's all about his life on the street. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, so, um, hey, so, um, we have so many questions we want to ask him, no restrictions to go with first. We'll park you guys back together again. Uh, well, we've got 150 hours of community service knocked off, if we did. Our careers sort of petered out at the, you know, our individual careers petered out at the same time. And we said, well, we're going to each other. I didn't work at the office anymore, and you were out at that 70s show. That 70s show, and quit, you know. And the brand was bigger than neither either one of us. Uh -huh. And then we both looked at each other and said, you know what? You know, we had someone else, uh, some stranger running the Cheech and Chong uh, website, making a shitload of money, selling T-shirts and that. And we, you know, it's a harvest time for us. Yeah. All we had to do was get back together again, and then all that brand becomes ours again. Because all in. And what prompted you guys to, uh, to wind up splitting up, though, at the, at the time? I mean, I know Cheech wanted to have some solo ambitions. But we did run right our street, basically. Yeah. I mean, we did, we did, we did. Everybody has a, a stream. Yeah. You know, and that Eddie Murphy, uh, Jim Carrey, all those guys. You know, no matter how funny you are, you can only do so many movies, and then you start... You go out your generation, you know. You're, 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 you're had those generations. In fact, if we stay together now, and we will do a, a couple of three, four, five movies, whatever, we'll run the string out again, you know. Uh, yeah. So our string just ran out of a whole new generation. Yeah. Coming to love your old stuff. Yeah. Right? And now it's looking forward to seeing the new DVD, which yeah. I, I know I'm looking forward it's to. Funny. It's a funny. So I, I, it made us laugh when we saw it, you know, so that's, I think that's because we're real hard critics on ourselves. Yeah. Well, actually, we're not. We're really, <laughs> but uh, no, it just made us laugh. 
Uh, what do you guys think of the medical marijuana stuff going on here in California? It's a root. It's a root. It's a root. legalize it. Have you seen the South Park? Oh, yeah, for sure. The balls? Oh, man, that was hilarious. Oh, God. The only way you can get medical marijuana it has to be cancer. So you go to How can you guys see? He's laying in the sun with the receptor trying to get the. Oh, it's going to take too long. And so he said, Well, I'm going to take so he puts his balls in the in the in the they fall out of the, the wheelbarrow, and he is he's that he bounces on him. Hey, what is that? It's a person he bounces on his balls. And everywhere they go, there's a posse of bouncing. It's pretty funny. Now you guys were on South Park, like yeah, uh, the, the Cherokee Hair Cannon. Yeah, what was the experience uh, working with that? That was weird because I two didn't do it together. He did it one day, and I did it another day. I, I hung with Matt and uh, the other guy. Right. And they're 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 big cheeky John fans. As you can tell, mm-hmm. and we had a great time. Uh, they're a good guy, and the kids like them. Uh, they're always really delivered to the castle. Oh, yeah, for sure. And yeah. the railroad, the little bonfire. Well, uh, what would you say? Uh, do you have any recollection? Uh, of course, it was wild enough, you probably don't remember, but any favorite wild road stories? Was your life as crazy uh, off stage as it seemed to be on stage? There was one of the strippers in Cincinnati that. No, no, no. You gave her a tiger's phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, uh, yeah, we've had a, quite, a, quite a few <laughs> memories, but uh, I don't know. I guess the celebrity thing would be the most interesting. Getting high with George Harrison. Was, uh, yeah, I saw that he played guitar on yeah, um, played that. Best oh, yeah, that's yeah. cool, man. I got stoned with George one time. And, he gave me the joint, he talked a little bit, and I went, I looked at the guy standing next to me, and it was uh, Wally of Leave It to Beaver. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Really? Did you see Wally? And he's like, you never heard that before. Did you see Wally? I heard of the half but he's a sculptor. Yeah, he's a good sculptor. Wow. Well, we know he gets his inspiration. And I think he's also a director of the shows here. Yeah. Um, so, what's the status of your weed smoking now? Like, um, well, I mean, there was a, you were pretty outspoken, but you stopped. Was there a reason for that? I never stopped. Really? Until you got a divorce and... I didn't really talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was never a big pot. I mean, I smoke much anybody. Uh-huh. But I, yeah. I smoke less and less, you know, and you find out as you get older, you smoke less. But that doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. Just to reactivate what's already in your system. Okay. Well, I, I, I still experiment. Yeah. I've been experimenting yeah. for 50 years. <laughs> I mean, I learned one thing. You can't get hooked on it today. 50 years ago? Years. <laughs> I think I agree with you on that. We've, we've, had, we've got maybe one-fifth of that time, but, yeah. but uh, you go there. I always say, you know, uh, well, I do it in my act, too, but uh, pot, pot smoking, you know, pot really is going to save the world. 
because you get so stoned you forget to fuck it up. <laughs> we should send more to oh, we should send more to Washington then. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, a little more serious though, I need to ask you, uh, I'm also working with a newspaper and wanted me to ask this uh, is there anything you can tell talk about your uh, time um, getting busted by the feds and, and going to prison Tom? Well yeah, I mean ironically I'm invited to give a, a an address to the Democratic uh, people in Pittsburgh. Huh who's running against Mary Beth Buchanan, huh. the prosecutor that put me in jail. Oh, wow. She's running for Congress. Wow. And so they want me to go there and tell my story, uh, you know, of the bus. And I got busted for... They want to out the bit. Yeah, I got busted for uh, something I really didn't do, you know, totally innocent, because it was my company. Right. It was my son's company. And, you know, technically, uh, I was as innocent as could be. But... The feds, when the government's after you, you know, any country, you know, they'll invade any country, you know, just, ah, let's fuck them over, you know, go there. I, you know, I'll think, as a, as a proprietor of a bong business, you know, I never had much of a chance. So I, I just said, well, whatever you want, you know, I'll think, I'll think. Wow. He had the time off anyway. Yeah. He's <laughs> not as active as right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was good research, you know, and I'm a writer, so. Yeah, how long were you in prison? It was a while, right? Oh. And uh, were you able to score there, or uh, I've heard of some of the best tests in prison? No, what they do, uh, they, 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 give, they give you all the dope you want, but then they drug test you. Oh. And once you're in the prison system, if you violate their rules, they can give you up to five years in prison. Oh, uh, wow. Without, without any kind of judicial mm -hmm. thing, you know, there's a hearing. They, they can go to a hearing and take it to a judge and give you a as a sentence. Wow. <laughs> and add more time to your sentence. Wow. So, I, so I, I stayed out away from they actually, it. Well, they don't know if they actually supply it. I mean, it just goes around. But yeah. No, they didn't get the commissary. Okay. Feeling of seeing him, you know. I thought oh, I hadn't seen my old buddy for so long. You know, like, wow, you know, really missed him. Mm -hmm. Missed that energy. So I wrote him back and said, you know, even though we're not together, we should still, you know, hook up, you know, personally, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he wrote back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice to to so my son goes, okay. So so he <laughs> he. Uh, Pretended he was me and, and let's, let's do the tour. And let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, we're doing the tour. Was yeah. there, it was online, right? <laughs> was there ever a project that you saw Cheech was on? You're like, oh, okay, now he's done that. There's no way he's ever coming back to doing say, something else with me. Like Oliver and Company? Well, or, no, no, you know, all the acting. No, there was, I think he did an anti drug commercial for Target or something. What? No. I said saw one where you said something was sort of like an anti-drug thing. And then that was like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> I was looking for the guy with the gun just back. 
man, that was so freaking awesome. I loved it. Like, um, I never thought I'd actually get a chance to meet and hang out and talk to those guys. It was pretty. Fu- <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was badass. Like, it's um, and that that last song was one of my is my all time favorite song of all the musical bits that they did. That song was just. I don't know. It just defines so much about them. I guess it doesn't have the beat. Maybe we'll find the beat in part two it later. Yeah. But, um, just that, that rift is so awesome. And then the trumpets coming in the background is just... Badass. It is. It's a great song. So So one thing that this was done for was the release two days ago now of their new DVD, which is called... Hey, watch this. And I have now watched it. I As have I. Today too, yes, right? I did. I got a chance to watch it last night. Man, what did you think of it? I, re- I really liked it. A lot of their stuff is really timeless. So it's re- it's, it, you know, it still works with its audience today. You don't have to be from that period. And even those few little bits in which there are kind of more recent references, uh, those were done well. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Uh, they did a good job of updating their old jokes. So it, it, instead of like, hey, where'd you get that tiny little steering wheel, man? It's like, I got it from my uh, Uncle Chewy. Like uh, now it says, now I got it from UncleChewy's.com. Like they tried to do something to <laughs> update it into our time, which I thought was good. They did that funny little joke on how you pronounce the name of our president. and um, From Barack Obama to you rock your mama. You rock your mama. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny. And the, you get to see a lot of the old um, bits just re-brought up. The cool part about it is seeing when he p- was playing an old man before, mm-hmm. now he is an old man. <laughs> those bits... They're even better now to me mm-hmm. because when he collapses on the ground like he's had a heart attack and like the little gangster next to him is like, oh my god, get up, old man! Like I'm a parole man, you gotta get up, man. Now he's really an old man. It's just so much more believable and it's so funny. Like I- I'm really glad that we had a chance to do that and that we got a copy of the of the Hey, watch this. Um, well, I, th- I think it's also cool that uh, in, in meeting them and uh, and watching the videos and all that is that uh, you know it, it shows there's a saying. One of them said this. Uh, somewhere in, um, that that you don't necessarily uh, uh, you have to grow old, but you don't have to grow up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really it's really cool meeting guys like that. That you know, like I really thought that Cheech had said he'd, he'd cashed in his habit and wasn't smoking anymore. And he's like, no, no, you know. So it's like, uh, uh, you know, these guys live truly the way they want to live and uh, are happy guys and made a lot of money and they and. You know, they, they, they did an incredible body of work that everybody thinks, oh, they're just stoners. But then watching the other documentary we saw on Chong, where we'll be talking with the director in a little bit, you know, it's amazing to see how much stuff these guys actually did. I mean, there's a there's a lot of work they did. Yeah, lots of movies, lots of albums, lot, tons of tours. I mean, those guys lived every day on the road for years. And, and they were one of those premier acts in the late 70s and early 80s that you know that that were up there with like the Carlins and the and the and the Priors. I mean, they were they were selling out shows everywhere they went, and and it was kind of a universal audience. There were so many people. It's not just Hispanics. Uh, I mean, when we got to see the uh, the um, uh, Documentary, finding out his full origins. I knew that he was part Chinese. I didn't know he was it was half Chinese and half uh, yeah, like what, Scottish. One of the questions like, I wanted to ask so bad, I wish that I had done it. Uh, I looked into the past. You know what the project was called before he went into Cheech and Chong? Before Chong went into Cheech and Chong, his most previous prior project was called? I have no idea. It was a band with the worst name ever. It was called Four Niggers and a Chink. <laughs> 
Oh, oh my! I, 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 Which one was you mean? He? You mean Tommy Chong? Right? Yeah, Tommy Chong. <laughs> Tommy Chong. Like, he was a chink. I mean, uh, what do you a, think? <laughs> so, um, it's just a. Uh, I wish I'd gotten to that question because <laughs> that that is a crazy. Name How for crazy! Man. He started that band and then they kicked him out, mm-hmm. and that's when he went into comedy. After oh, that. those pictures of him in Motown are, are, <laughs> are those are they're hilarious. Yeah. He's, he's looking up with the with the pomp, and he's try, He's got that same look that every other Motown artist gets their picture taken. Except as. for his skin is so white and Asian at the same time yeah. that it's just like it stands out from the other four. It was funny. Well, I said that we would uh, play a uh, clip for their new film. This is the trailer for Cheech and Chong's Hey, Watch This. Which one is that? Ching or Chang? His grandfather, I think. Hey, you, you ain't a chick, man. Hey, it's the only way I can get a ride, man. I've been hitchhiking out there for hours, man. I almost froze my balls off. I didn't think you had any, that's why I stopped. Teach and John are back together again. Truth is, we broke up because we got rich. You can't make a rich Mexican do shit, boy. Herbie! I saw that with you. smoke it, you turn into MacGyver in a heartbeat, don't you? Excuse me, sir. Do you speak English? Uh, yeah. Good. Fuck off. Mexican Americans with no education, so they go to night school and they take Spanish and get a beat. I got a joint I've been carrying around with me. That is uh, for Cheech and Chong's Hey Watch This. It's a feature film showcasing the duo's usually successful reunion tour, Cheech and Chong Light Up America, where they performed together for the first time in over 25 years. The pop culture duo performed for more than 100 audiences, grossing eight figures, making them one of the most successful tours in uh, the last uh, few years. The side-splitting film captures the essence of their live performances, which have made them fan favorites, high-times comedians that they are today. And it is hilarious. And you can get it on DVD, also on on demand, and uh, even under Xbox, they say, and yeah, PlayStation. Uh, yeah, you yep. can stream it it's right It's like uh, the first time, uh, I believe, first major release that they're testing this kind of all-styled uh, all, all uh, release. Distribution? Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. So, um, I guess that's our Cheech and Shanghai. Yay, Cheech Yay, and Shanghai. Cheech and Shanghai. 
But uh, it's time to move Thank into the things guys. that the people tune into us for. That's like, right. That's what they demand from us. And uh, what is the most demanded thing from us? Hey, there, it's Vagina News. What you gonna learn in Vagina News? I said, hey, there, it's Vagina News. What you gonna learn in Vagina News? Vagina News! All right, this week in, in Vagina News, we have a warning out of uh, Venezuela. Venezuela police have arrested a man and woman accused of impersonating plastic surgeons and providing women with silicone breasts and buttock implants from an illegal <laughs> clinic in their apartment. Nice. Uh, cosmetic surgery, especially breast enlargement, is widespread in image-conscious Venezuela, which is known for beauty queens who have won many international pageant titles. And basically, they are very used to the big, fake breast. I mean, that's what they do. Like, that is, it, it's as uh, simple as putting on makeup here as it is it's, here. Yeah, it's, it, and it's, it's, almost, it's almost required fashion wear for women down there. Well, they uh, these two people, uh, which I can't even pronounce this first last name. I'll try it. Um, Ronaldo Enriquez. Enriquez. That's a crazy Close. name. Well, they were part of a gang called the Silicones, and they attracted customers <laughs> with uh, rock rock bottom prices. Like, if you're gonna pay uh, ten dollars for for breast press. implants, you should probably realize something is uh, amiss here. And what's great is the local media actually reported on them and how how low priced they were. It looks like you should come on down and get them. <laughs> <laughs> that is stupid as it gets. Yep. So the, the, well, it's good to know that Venezuelans haven't lost their sense of priority in the global recession. They're saying that even amid the deep recession, many people are taking out loans for operations to lift their spirits. Crazy. And the breast line. Well, that was going on in the United States uh, up until a couple of years ago when the the, uh, the recession hit. People were going in for, I mean, they, I was seeing commercials for laser surgery and for, for uh, you know, micro lipo and stuff like that all over the late night uh, commercial channels. Now, I'm not sure where this next story should go, so I'm going to play this bump anyways because it kind of goes in the middle of both. It does go in the middle of both. It's time for Super Fun Chinese News Party, where you learn more about the Chinese than the government. Let them learn about themselves. Okay, a couple of quick ladies Chinese stories. You know, Chinese lady astronauts, uh, they are not allowed to go into space until they have a baby. Why? Because they want to make sure that if you go into space and somehow all your junk gets messed up when you're up there, <laughs> that um, you are not um, stripped of the right of having your one child. Okay. Well, that's Which kind of ties into the other story that I've got uh-huh. here, in which thousands of people, almost 10,000 people have been rounded up in one of uh, Chinese, China's uh, counties for ster- forced sterilization because they're not abiding by the one-child rule. There's a, There was uh, one gentleman who, let me get his name here real quick, if I can ring it, Zhang, uh, Zhang Lizhao. He is the father uh, and has uh, three daughters, and he is refusing to go in for the surgery because he wants his wife to still bear him a son. Whoa. So he's he's already had three daughters. He's already gone over the limit by two, and now he's still. So trying he's trying to, to find girls who haven't had their one baby yet to. No, this is with his wife. Them. His wife is also wanted so that they can sterilize her as well. This is forced sterilization on them because the population is going to go. Will we'll just boom out of control. So uh, it's it's crazy. They were saying that that uh, doctors have been working 20 hours a day around the clock to take care of that, you know, to get through all of the procedures that are going to be necessary. 10,000 people to sterilize. Well, I mean, I want to say the, the problem, the, the answer is not to be forced sterilization. I mean, even Hillary Clinton, like, has gone to the women's conferences there of the UN and said this is, like, one of the worst policies on earth. I mean, there are all sorts of things that China can be doing better, and uh, especially getting their economic system in order uh, and away from this whole central plan that where part of the economy is 
super capitalist and part of it is ultra communist and the problem is in there the, the ultra planning of the communists it keeps people from having enough to live on i i think if they could they would let their people have more kids but just for the food for the the sheer amount of food that you have you're talking about cities that have <laughs> tens of millions if not you know, you know tens of millions of people in a single city when we have when we talk about la having like three million multiply that by 10 and you're going to get your average city in china you can't produce enough food if you let a billion people turn into four billion people in a matter of a couple of generations mm. Uh, it, you just wouldn't. I mean, the resources. So you can't afford this a little bit. Um, I understand why they why Either they you're have for this. It or you're um, I am I, <laughs> I am for it because it's what their law states and their people know that they're not supposed to be having well, multiple children. Well, there are also states that you go to prison for all sorts of things that you would never dream in America. Right. And also states you can censor the internet completely. And also states, how about speaking up on the mic there, buddy? You know. Thanks. Also, it states also that you can censor the internet uh, insanely. It also states. I mean, just because their law says well, it's, it's great doesn't mean it's. Well, it's it's also not just Great. the people who are getting sterilized. One guy came home from a trip to another city, found out that his brother had been arrested in his place, and was told that if he didn't go get the, the surgery, his brother would not be released. So he came home, found out that his wife had already been forced to be sterilized herself, went straight to the hospital and had the procedure done so his brother could get out, since there was really no point in him have, being able to produce children anymore since his wife had already been sterilized. Wait, so the sterilized are the women and the men? What's the women, point of that? Women and men, because they're both... Oh, uh, because the men can go elsewhere. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it looks like we have our uh, second calling of the evening. Uh, let's make sure that that's what's going on here. All right. Hello, welcome to Grand Theft Audio. Carl. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Is this Josh? Yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Josh Gilbert. He's the director of AKA Tommy Chong, uh, the uh, very interesting documentary we saw the other night about the life of Tommy as he was getting ready to go into prison and. Uh, and then during and after prison, how it affected his life uh, when the feds um, screwed him over a few years ago and raided his uh, son's business. And uh, Josh uh, did a great documentary about it. Let's uh, give a round of applause for Josh. Yay! Yeah, so how did you... <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, so, Josh, uh, you're calling in from New York, right? New York City. All right, baby. So, uh, yeah, we just wanted to know... Um, how did you first uh, get hooked up with Tommy, um, you know, and come to work on this on this documentary? Well, I, Tommy and I go way back. I, I I met Tommy for the first time back in '89. I had just graduated from film school at USC, and you know, I was out there looking for you know my first big break. Uh, I was working at a movie studio at the time, a little rinky dink movie studio, straight to video, which was a whole different economic you know, concept back in that, at that time, but it was a company called Cinetel Films, oh, yeah, and right. uh, Tommy was, Tommy was making a film, he was trying to catch up to Cheech, who'd made Shrimp on the Barbie, and, uh, and uh, Born in East L.A., so uh, Tommy was determined to, uh, to prove his mettle comedically uh, without Cheech, uh, I guess that was the height of their antagonism, I guess that was a long sustained antagonism, but it's reached its peak at that time. So he was, he had made this film called uh, Far Out Man, I guess. Yeah, um, I remember the title. Say it again. Yeah, I remember that was the title. Yeah. Yeah, Far Out Man he made, and uh, and uh, and it didn't it didn't do too well. As a matter of fact, it it, it went it, it it went in and out of the movie theater so fast it formed a vacuum. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and Tommy was determined. You know, everyone was telling Tommy he didn't understand story and story structure and. You know, I mean, the, the Tom, Tommy's career has been, you know, 
marked by some, you know, some some major low points. And I think this was probably a, a you know a major low point in his career. Cheech was taken off. He was by himself, uh, and uh, no one was really taking him seriously. So he met me, and I had just graduated from film school. So I had a, I had the vocabulary of a screenwriter without the track record, I guess. And so we got together and and we wrote a screenplay and uh, called Dying's Easy, Comedy's Hard. And, uh, and uh, I became a, a pot smoker because of it. Because <laughs> he used to think I was too, I, he, he said, man, you're too, you're too tense, man, smoke this. <laughs> I, remember he, uh, I remember he did that the first, the first, I guess the first couple of days we were smoking together, and I, I, he rolled up some, uh, I guess it was called Lamb's Breath from Jamaica. It was the, I was stoned for a week. <laughs> well, you told me uh, the other I, night we had a, a really intriguing uh, uh, text message exchange after a showing of your movie in L.A. here, and um, uh, you were saying that he got you hooked on pot within a week? Well, I mean, that was the. It wasn't that it was. He got me hooked on pot within a week. I'm not, I can't remember exactly what I said, but the bottom line is, our writing together, um, I guess, introduced me to, um, I guess, the, you know, the world of of, of uh, uh, marijuana smoking. I don't know. I, I I had lived in I lived in Amsterdam for three years. I edited a Dutch English dictionary. I was uh, wasn't exactly you know partaking, even though it was everywhere. And I went to UC Santa Cruz, and I wasn't a smoker there. I was I get more focused on learning, but um, but I was always intellectually sympathetic to pot and and First Amendment freedoms and the political underpinnings of of AKA Tommy Chong, you know the documentary that I made um, in his defense and also uh, as a way to uh, I guess basically call out the the, the government on their ridiculous. Uh, Legislation and 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 their their persecution of people that choose to that choose to smoke, but uh but but so so for so for me making the film was a political was 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 politically motivated intellectually motivated, uh as for becoming a pot smoker that was yeah that was because that was just a perk that was just, <laughs> that was just a, that was just a perk along the way yeah yeah so what were some of the other uh, side effects of being around Tommy so much. Um, well, he introduced me to his daughter, who I went out with for a while, the, the beautiful and talented Precious Chong, <laughs> who's got an incredible who's got an incredible show um, up and running. I think it's Zdenka, I believe. It's a one woman show. She's Precious is super smart. She, I mean, she's she's in many ways intellectually like the Marilyn of the Adams family. She's so smart, and uh, and she had just been studying in Europe. Uh, and actually went to school in, in England, which is no mean feat. I mean, she she gone to she went to uh, uh, boarding school in Switzerland uh, when when the Chongs moved to uh, France to to make the Corsican brothers, uh, and then they stayed. And Tom, Tommy and his wife and, and and Paris and Gibran stayed in Paris, and uh, and uh, Precious went over to Switzerland, completed her undergrad her her high school. Uh, 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 education, and then went to went to England, did her O levels and her A levels, which are really really tough, and then succeeded in you know in in, in university in England, and came to uh, came to L A where I grew up and I'm, I'm from, and I had gone to USC film school, and then so he introduced me to her and he wanted me to help her get her her footing in the career. I mean her in, in Hollywood, and I ended up. I knew Oliver Stone and the people at his company, so I ended up getting Precious a job at 
Oliver Stone's company when gotcha. he had made, just made Platoon. So so I was I was I was in like Flynn with the with the family at that point. And well, so we became you know we became you know fast friends. We got, we wrote the film. It didn't. It didn't sell. We got some amazing meetings, I have to say. I mean, like, incredible. I mean, because everybody knew who he was, but Hollywood's fickle, and they're, you're only as good as your last film. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's, you know, yeah. what, was it, what, what was the name of it again? Uh, Far Out Man wasn't exactly a commercial success, so. Yeah. So, that, was a little, that was a little bit, that was a bit of a hit for him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, so we didn't, it didn't sustain us as writing partners, for sure, although it was a positive experience, you know, in a lot of ways. But we just stayed friends and stayed in contact. And every once in a while, he would call me up and say, I have a script, will you look at it? You know, will you sit down and help me figure something out or concept something? And that's, that's basically what happened um, uh, in 2003, um, uh, around the, or 2002, around the time of the bust. Just before the bust, he had made a film called Best Buds up in Canada uh, that, uh, that, that wasn't working. It had a lot of the same structural yeah. problems as, uh, as Far Out Man, this movie Best Buds. It was a family, there, everyone in his family was in it. Uh, the story meandered. It didn't have any, you know, any core structure to it, and uh, you know, it sort of just fell apart in, in the, uh, you know, in the edit. And uh, so he was trying to get help me figure it out. And then this deal with New Line came along. This is back in December of 2002, and that's kind of where the story starts a little bit because Tom, I was out in L.A. working on another film, and hey, Tommy jo said, uh, "Hey, Josh." Sorry, yeah, hey, am I rambling? Oh, well, no, no, not so much. It was just a matter of we only have about ten more minutes tonight, and we wanted to oh, ask okay. you about a couple specific things. So, uh, Jake's sure. got another question. Don't worry, but uh, yeah, thanks. Oh, um, what were you most surprised by getting this close to Tommy? Are there any personality things you were surprised by? Well, you know, I mean, up until this point, um, you know, like two thousand. I mean, when Tommy got busted, I was up in Woodstock. And I got this, I, I saw on a CNN crawl that, you know, his house had been raided and his factory had been raided in this pre-dawn raid, you know, 24 fully armed SWAT team commandos, Humvees, the whole nine. And I thought, what the fuck is this? And I called him up and I said, is this real? And he said, yeah, it was shell-shocked. <laughs> I said, wow, that's amazing. So then I was out in L.A. a couple months later and he kept trying to get me to help him with, with, with this film Best Buds, like to help, because I'm like a structure guy. I, fi I figure out how to, that's, that's my... Bailiwick as a, as, a, as a screenwriter and as a creative thinker, I'm very structured in my thinking. You wouldn't know that now because I'm, I'm all over the board. <laughs> but um, but I, said, I said, Tommy, man, what you're going through is a movie. Like, you've been persecuted by, by the Bush administration post 9-11 for selling water pipes. That makes no sense. And uh, he said, well, I can't tell the story because the prosecutor's threatening me with this prosecution and I actually had to say in court that I wouldn't make a movie about this. And I said, well, I, but I didn't say that in court, and I'm going to make a document. I'm going to make a movie about this. And he said, go ahead, man. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And that was, uh, that, I guess, that agreement at that moment, moving forward, set a completely different tone to our friendship and to our relationship. It completely complicated what had been, really more than anything else, uh, a writing partnership, a familial relationship, that kind of that level of, you know, like one of the family kind of things to, I was making a film about something he was going through that had potential commercial value and was defining him in a way. And so a lot of trust issues started to come up right away that were challenging. Um, 
And then, you know, reliability, like uh, I said, hey, the very first issue was, um, he said, I want to give you 100%, uh, I'm going to give you a, a, uh, an exclusive on this story. I said, Tommy, the world needs to hear the story. I don't want an exclusive, and it might be, you know, I want to make a documentary, I'll make a good one, but this story needs to get out there, let's get Vanity Fair involved. And so we did, and this Vanity Fair uh, uh, writer, this, this, this fucking jerk-off, uh, came out to L.A. from New York, I'm, 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 this guy Steve Garbarino, fucking backstabbing cocksucker, came out, sorry, that's not that, well, how do I really feel? And, um, and he basically, he basically sidelined, immediately sidelined me and he wanted it, he, he wanted the exclusive. I'm like, guy, this is about us getting this story out there. And, uh, and, uh, the first issue was when Tommy went to prison, um, are you there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Okay. When Tommy went to prison and in, in, in Vanity Fair arranged for a limo to drive him to prison, and of course, to me, I'd already been filming for two months. That was critical that I was in the car. But he made sure that I wasn't in the car, and he made sure with Shelby's, you know, Tommy's wife, that I also wasn't in the car. So that was the first major hit, because I said, well, okay, I'll drive behind you. I gotta get the shot of you going to prison. And we were driving down Sunset Boulevard, and all of a sudden the limo pulled into this gas station. Shelby and Tommy got out of the limo. It's in the book, he writes about it in the book. He calls, he calls me his loyal friend for, 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 for going along. Shelby said, he's, God damn it, I don't want to, he's, you forgot your underwear. I'm like, what? And, and apparently Tommy had found out from other people that had gone to jail that you only get one pair of underwear. And, he for, and you're supposed to, when you check in, wear three pairs of underwear when you go to prison. Crazy. And Tommy only had one pair of underwear on. So she said, you've got to go back and get Tommy his underwear. And I said, but I'm going to miss a shot. I think she was crying hysterical. Really what she wanted was her glamour moment with this, with this Vanity Fair guy. So I said, okay, fuck. And I got in the car and I drove back to the house. I knew the house and I, you know, I'd go in there. I mean, I, you know, like didn't need a, I mean, I was, everyone that worked around the house knew me and stuff. So I just, I got to get Tommy his underwear. I went up into his, you know, bedroom, into his, into his closet. I got the underwear, got back in the car. And then I drove like crazy to catch up. I mean, crazy. And of course, they were already significantly ahead of me. And by the time I got there, he had already checked in. So I missed that shot and I thought, that's it, it's over. Mm. Went back to New York. And then a couple months later, I, 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 I put together some of the footage and I thought, you know what, I got something here, I'll fake that part. At that part, I thought that would make or break the story but I realized I'll work around it. And as you saw in the documentary, you kind of don't even notice that. I just drove up there and I just implied that I was taking the journey with them. And, uh, and I started filming again. And, you know, and it was like that all the way along. It was just, you know, a lot of misdirects, a lot of rugs being pulled out from under my feet. Um, Radon, I tried to get Radon to be in the dock. I know Radon really well. And I said, you know, and she said, I'm not gonna do it because if it succeeds, they'll pull the rug out from under you. And I said, what do you mean? We need to make, you know, and she, she wouldn't do it for that reason. You know, and lo and behold, uh, that's what happened. Huh. That rug got pulled out from under me. Still went to Toronto. No one thought it was gonna, I, I made sure that it was good and it, and, it, and it works. And it went to Toronto and it was a huge success in Toronto. And, 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 uh, and uh, we were courted by, in the most aggressive way, a company called Think Film who had just won the Academy Award for Born into Brothels and had just released, released The Aristocrats. 
and offered me that uh, a, an offer for the film that was at that point the largest, and it was actually ever. It's the largest offer they've ever made on a on a documentary. The well, year that they won the Academy Award, one point five million dollars. And I said to Tommy, I said, I grew up in L.A. I got a master's in producing. I know about accounting. They're going to pay us in eight months. They're going to they're going to account all the expenses for graphics and for the trailer against the minimum guarantee that they're offering us. We're not going to make any money. You know that. You've been in the music business. You know that. You work with Lou Adler. You know that. You've made well, films at Columbia and Paramount. You know that. And he said, I know that. Well, he said, let's, you know, and I, I said, let's do it ourselves. He said, I'm in. And, uh, and we turned this deal down, and the agent would not take no for an answer. It was Woody Allen's agent, this guy John Burnham, who uh, Tommy's wife had convinced to... Uh, to uh, you know, convince me to go with going into Toronto because I had everybody wanting to represent the film at that point, and uh, you know, and 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 so we turned the film down, and then the day after Toronto, Shelby called me up and said, "We're getting a divorce, and it's your fault." And this agent called me up and said, "I'm going to sue you and fuck you till you're blind." And then a week later, I got a call from Tommy saying, "It happened, man. She kicked me out of the house. I've got to move in." I said, "What?" He said, I, I'm coming over. It was two in the morning, and he came over with his badge pack and a bud and a Buddhist meditation tape. <laughs> and we sat down in my living room in L.A. I put his luggage in my edit suite, the second bedroom. And we went down to the living room, and we smoked a bowl, and we listened to this Buddhist chanting, and we talked about you know, what was going on and how we were bucking this system and how we were going to show the world that it could be done independently, the distribution of content, of filmmakers' birthright, could be protected through this process, and we were going to prove it. And, and, uh, and, 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 and all was good, and all was game, and, you know, and then Shelby called at, I don't know, 5, 6, six in the morning and said, I knew you were going to choose Josh over me, come home. And um, I know that sounds melodramatic, but it was super melodramatic, and he went home, <laughs> and then that day we met up for, you know, for lunch, and I said, you know, they're going to try to brainwash us because... One of us is going to get brainwashed because we're bucking the system. We got a lot of power. We're, you know, ICM, the head of the film department at ICM. His wife, Stan Coleman, who was Cheech and Chong's lawyer at the time, major, major lawyer. All of these people thought we were completely out of our minds, and and so we made this pact that the first one that got brainwashed would have to rely on the other one to hold true to the values that we knew were true, and 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 unfortunately for me. Tommy got brainwashed. And when the film went to Amsterdam, to Itfo, where I had lived, it was my old home, and I had, I had family in Amsterdam, and I had lived in Amsterdam, he called me up and, and he said, uh, hey man, uh, you got to give the, the, the film to, to me to control, to, 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 to my wife and I to control. Because he was talking about, and I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you, you got to do that. You got to give it to us to control because we don't trust you anymore. Hey, Josh. And he was like a different person. Yeah. Oh, hey, sorry, we're, we're running out of time here. Um, uh, we got to. Well, I'm about. I'm about to make the final. Oh, the okay, final sure, statement. sure. Okay. The, the, the final statement is, or he didn't come to. I, he said, "Give me the rights to the film, or I won't promote it." And I said, "I'll send you a postcard." Wow. And that's basically that. That basically defines the you know what happened subsequently. Hey, good job, man. And uh, say it again. Good job. You got to stand up to like your uh, principles. Well, I, you know, it just, it's, 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 it's hard and painful to have somebody who you've always considered the hippest guy you've ever met, a mentor, a spiritual, you know, like, example, and, and even a father figure, because I was so close to the family, turn against you, but in a way that, I mean, Tommy's a badass. 
he's not a he's not he's not a lightweight. I mean, he's he grew up in the mean streets, and 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 he was after me to get this film for me, and it and it got really 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 ugly and super super hard, and uh, and surviving it has been you know a major major challenge. It it, it almost killed me literally. And, uh, but I ended up raising the money and I bought out the investor um, and uh, got it on the Showtime. It played 100 times on Showtime, some record number of times, and right. people are still playing it. Is it all, can uh, people get it in the. Um, we got to get going here in a second, but can people order it on Amazon or get it in stores anywhere? Well, yeah, a- AKA Tom, get it on get it on our website, aka TommyChong.com. Okay. I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm thinking of putting up a little bit more about, you know, the making, the difficult. You know, journey of, of getting the film out there. Yeah, you sure. It's on interesting. The site, you know, because people don't really see that that part of it when they see the film. They that, see, they see uh, you know, a hero being martyred, and, and that's true. But there's another truth there too. I'd like to get. And you guys are the first people I've ever talked to about this. I've never, I've never talked publicly about this. Well, thank you. It would definitely sound like it would be the type of commentary you'd hear in the background of a movie after, you know, when you have the commentary as a secondary commentary. I'd find that fascinating and to watch, to listen to you as I'm watching the, the movie again, because I really enjoyed seeing it at the uh, Downtown Independent uh, on Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. nice. Yeah, I heard that was a good, that was, and they had a pipe, right? They had, they auctioned off a bong, the Chris, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, what's Chris, Christian Barr, who developed John Glass, uh, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a great glassblower. Beautiful piece. They also had a company down there called Isla OG that was giving out um, canned cannabis. That was, pretty, that was pretty cool. I heard that stuff was, actually Chris told me that stuff was the bomb. He said it was the best, like the best weed he's ever smoked. So I um, go, entered the raffle, and I won one. And? Oh, and so you know, huh? It's, yeah, yeah, it's we a, know. It's amazing. It's uh, it it, it yeah. is it is the OG for sure. But uh, anyway, yeah. we want to. We do appreciate your time for calling in today. We'd like to uh, catch up with you again on your next project. I hear you have something called Jake coming up. We're actually going to do an episode in um, uh, June that kind of deals with some autistic issues. So maybe we can get you to call in for that one. Oh, I know all about it. Yeah, all, all right. about it. Awesome. Uh, all right, Thanks. dig it, Josh. Bye. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, best of luck with the films. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, man. Bye. 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 Hey, that was a fun interview, man. I liked this movie. I thought it was good. Like, uh, we are currently still on the air. Um, so I'm like, why is Carl taking off his headphones and laying <laughs> Dude, back just, like the show's I'm over? I'm my ears arrest for it. It was just like, wow, that was a lot of info to process. Uh, it is. But you know what? Uh, some people can listen fast. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I can talk no, fast. It was, it was some people can listen you, fast. S- you certainly can see Shelby's influence over Tommy throughout the film. The, yeah. the film. Oh, and she's even, high, even And even in... Oh, the, she's hot. That's why she has so much influence. Yeah. I'll yeah. let her influence me. And I mean, I think she... Wasn't it in the movie where they talk about how Tommy was going to record a... PSA for you want to get really high yeah. try samba dancing and then yeah. dancing with her as a kind of a last ditch effort to potentially stay some out of jail some time off Maybe, <laughs> yeah exactly it did it didn't succeed but uh, I ended up liking her more after um, Josh's movie than I did after the new DVD the new DVD she gets very grating to me especially on the bonus part yep. where she because she comes across as very controlling like she thinks that she's part of the act and I'm sorry, lady. Like you're hot, but you are not part of the act. Right. This is um, Cheech and Chong, not Cheech Chong and Shelby. But it it doesn't come across that way in the uh, DVD or the um, the documentary, which is called AKA Chong. Tommy, Tommy Chong. Um, yeah. And it, it it was very good. I'm glad that we got to do those. But that was a crazy party they had afterwards. Afterwards, man. yeah. <laughs> I've I've never done anything like that in my life. We're in downtown LA on the roof of a building. There's pipes and bongs and 
Um, alcohol, G, and, and we're just across the street from the police, police. department. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, it was a blast. And I'm and I'm sitting there with my genuine Isla OG, the first canned cannabis, and um, I'm just sitting there thinking like this is the weirdest four twenty um, I've yep. ever had in my yep. life. And we wow. got to and then after after the raffle, they invited us upstairs to enjoy some of this OG and. Uh, very very interesting little company for I mean, sure. It, it, it's a cool new product. I hope that it catches on because it, it was very fresh. It was beautiful. I mean, it looks like it's never been touched. Right. Just the the quality of what it looked like was just phenomenal. I've never had my own medical marijuana because I don't have medical marijuana. Um, but somehow they gave this away and I obviously tried it and it's just beautiful. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's a great new product. Hey, I have to kind of give a a close pimp out to a friend of mine's new product. I hope you guys don't mind. I know I talked to Brant about yep. this. There is... My friends have come up with this crazy new product. It is called the One-Eyed Creamer. Uh, now you what? think to yourself, what the heck is <laughs> a One-Eyed Creamer? Well, a One-Eyed Creamer is... um, Gosh, how would you best describe it? Um, It is a sheath that is shaped like a penis. Right. That you put over the outside of a whipped cream can, and like the little tip sticks out, so then you can shoot whipped cream out of the tip. Out of the tip. So it's it's like a a condom for whipped cream, but it's got a hole in the at the top on purpose. Yeah, it, it's pretty funny, man. I think it looks hilarious. Yeah, I, I think it, it looks really funny. I know that they're still working on getting. I think they they have now finally come up with their final design on it, but right. it, it is funny. I think it's going to be what a great a, joke gift. I mean that you're going to you're going to see those in all those little joke shops around the country. Uh, what what's the name of those? The, like the, Spencer's Spencer's gifts. Spencer's gifts, exactly. Or in one of those magazines that you get that have all the the cheap little uh, X-ray vision or something. Yeah, the one-eyed a, creamer. Yes. How about are you ladies? Do you miss having a one-eyed creamer? Turn your party into a screamer with the one-eyed creamer. It's a it's a funny thing. I think for bachelorette parties and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. it will do very well. If you want to check out some information on it, it is oneeyedcreamer.com. Probably can, gay bachelor parties, too. Uh, straight ones, too, man. People do dumb things. Uh, Amazon.com, search the one-eyed creamer, and there is a Facebook fan page just called The Creamer. It's hilarious, and I wish them the best of luck with it because um, I know the work they've put into it, and it's just one of those funny ideas that... I just can't that wait until I see one of the probably make them a million dollars. Probably. I think we should... They'll uh, be gone in two months. I, Carl has a slightly disgusted look on his face. No. I mean, well, yeah, the one-eyed creamer is just... Uh, I, I want to make one-eyed creamer pies next week and see if you would uh, still eat it, knowing where it came out of. Yeah, that's sort of like on the Today Show recently. They had in the last hour, Kathy Gifford and her, her sidekick, Hedda Kotub or whatever, like uh, had to challenge her to drink or to eat cheese made from human, human breast milk. Really? And they both were like, uh, I wouldn't be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed to trying it once. Really? Yeah. I I would pass. <laughs> that, that that is not for me. Like um, I enjoy breasts, and I don't particularly want to think I'm the cheese I'm eating came from it. There's something oh. about that that just oh. Oh. It, it it does me a little bit wrong. Meh, meh, meh. <laughs> cheese wow. is cheese, and cheese is good. And we started off drinking that milk in the first place. It's supposed to be good for. I was a baby. I didn't know any better. Yeah. No, now you do. I know better. You know better. You 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 have you become a master of the suckling at this point. Uh, at least you better have if you, at this point in your life. This is true. So um, success 
we finished up the Cheech and Chong stuff. Yeah. I know that we've been putting a lot of work <laughs> into that. So, uh, thank God we got that all put together. Yeah. Um, next week coming up, we have... Really um, show. Yeah, is it Charles Back Phoenix next week? Back in studio, so that'll be a loser. Yeah. Uh, Charles Phoenix, L.A. legend. And, uh, uh, well, I mean, I'm talking about... No, yeah, whatever, whatever, uh, Josh Gilbert, ahead. man. That was a little bit tough there. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we could, you know, we're, Cheech and Chong were cool. Yeah, you're right. Get Josh back in, and then, and then uh, uh, or Josh, uh, or you know, be away from the phone, so the, once like that. Whatever. But we're having uh, Charles Phoenix, LA legend, uh, hilarious uh, tour guide and master of all things kitschy. And then you and, gave uh, me a ninety-nine percent that we're gonna have this next guest. Oh, he's in. He's in now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right, I great. Called his PR lady. All right. And uh, and then uh, uh, Eddie Pepitone, uh, who we were supposed to what? have about a month ago, is gonna be on uh, at seven o'clock hour. It is. Yes. I don't know why I thought it was um, Kevin Pollock. That's that's on the sixth. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Now we got too many good people coming in. The yeah. sixth is well, still going to be our big one. That's <laughs> the one you guys need to tell your friends. Like, if you enjoy our show at all, please let them know that we're going to have some real controversial cats on our oh, show yeah. on the sixth of May. We've got um, Apollo, who was one of the leading founders oh, of, of, the, well, of the Bloods. And both these guys are Bloods, actually. I thought one was Blood, one was Crip, but they and, were both big Bloods. And then one of the biggest cocaine dealers, the biggest in American history, Ricky <laughs> Freeway Ross. That's 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 right. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. I met him on Monday night for a, a preliminary newspaper interview with my boss, and the bombshells this guy's dropping. I mean, my my boss is like they ecstatic. F-bombs? I mean, no it's, it's, it's some crazy shit, man. And he's promised to keep it all quiet. We're we're embargoing the story, I believe, till the uh, yeah. Let's not print it the uh, day of the show, man. I hate that. Like, well, that's and... what Kevin's doing. It is. Well, he, he doesn't he want to be old either. But I mean, we're getting. No, we're work. gonna kick him back one week. He's not talking to anybody else uh, beforehand, though. And uh, I mean, I promise, no LA Times. You know what? No we'll probably have done. different questions to ask him by oh, then, we will, anyways. Totally. Like, uh, I know that some of the things that you told me before, I'm like, oh, did you follow up with this? It's like, oh no, let's follow up. Yeah, that no, no, we're so. gonna have different stuff because Kevin dealt with a lot of specific legal kind of things that were that were hot that were left unanswered, and uh, there's a lot of deep stuff. About uh, you know that I'd love to hit him with you know that uh, uh, a black activist friend of mine said, man, you need to ask him things like if he thinks here's a hero, then what the hell is Martin Luther King and things like that, and like really yeah. get him talking about what is the definition of hero in the mm-hmm. black community. Well, that's going to be real interesting. I'm uh, way looking forward to that. Me too. So uh, once again, thanks to our guests this week, Tim Hooten, Josh Gilbert, uh, and um, Cheech and Chong. I mean, that's effing incredible. If you have any comments, you can um, email us at uh, grandtheftaudioradio at yahoo.com. You can follow us at Twitter or Facebook, um, just forward slash grandtheftaudio after you do your sign-in. So twitter.com slash grandtheftaudio, facebook.com slash grandtheftaudio. And uh, we sure do appreciate your time. This is Jake Belcher. This is Brant Thoman. I'm Carl Kozlowski. Reminding you to tell all your friends the best time you've ever had in your life was listening to Grand Theft Audio. Have a good week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Grand Theft Audio, the Jake Grant and Carl Show, presented by Pacific Resources. Till next week, you're on a 166-hour break. Opinions of hosts or guests expressed on GTA do not necessarily state or reflect the views and opinions of Pacific Resources Corporation.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 